We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Good morning, everybody. We got a lot of cover today. Lots going on. As you finish your order, I know that one of the first things that you did when you woke up this morning was go to omahasteaks.com, type in BART at the promo code, get your $30 off at checkout when you order the package. Uh, so thank you for popping this on as soon as you're finishing that up again, omahasteaks.com. Uh, I was talking uh, yesterday about how hey, if I'm going to do a podcast, uh, I got I to gotta report if it's going to be out in the morning. I got I to gotta still have the news of the day. I got to still, I can't just come to a podcast. I've got Toby and Paul coming up. Toby Altizer, Paul Emig. We got some, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, some really good leverage discussion. I think it is really good. And so just to, just to not confuse anyone, I didn't retire from talking about Aaron Rodgers. I did retire from trying to dissect his personality, but everything else. And that was like, Trust me, we're all better for it, but I'm I'm not just going to not talk. I mean, this trade is fascinating to me because everyone thinks they have the leverage and doesn't think that anyone else is the leverage, and they all have a little bit of leverage, but I do think the Packers have the most. So we'll talk about that coming up in a little bit. But the news of the day, of course, we're going to Vegas, baby. We're going to Vegas. The Badgers getting an NIT win on that ugly court at Oregon. I didn't watch a ton of this game. I'll just be straight up with you. And I thought there was going to be too much court discourse. And so I was going to rip on people that were tweeting about the court. It was going to be like, how about you just ignore it? How about you watch the game? It, the, court, the court is terrible. It is really bad at Oregon, but that doesn't matter anymore because they're going to Las Vegas to take on North Texas. UNT. One of the most photoshopped and uh, memed logos in sports. Unt. UNT. So the Badgers in the NIT have to face UNT. Unt. I believe I did a quick search. I believe it's the first time they're ever going to play each other in basketball. Uh, it doesn't seem right, but that's what, unless I'm wrong. But I did, again, I did a 30 second Google search, which took me to Unt's website. And uh, so when I, I, I needed to see Unt's website, and that's what I saw. Uh, but the Badgers win, and they're going to Las Vegas for the semifinals of the NIT. I think they get, like, a nice week off. Uh, I just assumed the NIT was, like, the CBI or 
They're trying to get this thing over as quickly as possible, but guess not. Um, and then the other event, the event that I was watching, well, it was a Law & Order night last night, but I was watching on the uh, computer. Japan and USA. So Japan wins the World Baseball Classic. And, you know, it was the it was the matchup that everybody wanted. And I think the USA, you know, it was a good run. I mean, they took second. I, I, I can't – I don't have a real breakdown of the – ins and outs of the game for you, even though it is primarily what I watch. But what I want to say about the World Baseball Classic is it is a good event. It is a very good event. And what kind of came true is what I thought would come true. The World Baseball Classic, it's off to such a weird start. It started two weeks ago. A bunch of games were overseas. Either to watch them at 5 a.m. or midnight. And you didn't really, I mean, USA is not in those pools, so you're not paying so much attention to it. Then the USA starts playing, but it's in the middle of so many other things going on, especially March Madness. So it was good that they had, you know, Sunday, if that USA game or the USA played on Saturday and I think Sunday again, if they could have had it all this week, like hit Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, because, you know, March Madness, you're going to probably watch that. But then on Monday, Japan and Mexico was the top-rated show on cable on Monday, and this will be the top-rated show on cable on Tuesday, Japan beating the United States to win the World Baseball Classic, I think for the third time. If I'm not mistaken, U.S. has one, Japan has three. And what kind of happened was once you really start to get into the World Baseball Classic, it'll be over. It goes by so quick. And the USA, I think the event started on the 7th. They might have not started playing until like the 12th. So it really does go by pretty quick that by the time that you're into it and cognizant of it, you're like, oh, the USA plays a quarterfinal game. Okay, I'll try to watch it, but Mark Madness is on, and then they play a semifinal game, and then, then they get into the final, and of course you watch that, and and what a game it was. I think the Japan-Mexico game was one of the best baseball games I've ever seen. If baseball could get back to that, because there was bunting, there was sack flies, there was moving the runners over, there was small ball, there was timely hitting, there was... Uh, it was it was like watching a baseball game from yesteryear, and it doesn't you don't have to change all the rules. You just have to have Japan and Mexico play a game, I guess. But this game was great too, and it gave us a moment that we'll remember in baseball forever. Mike Trout, one or two. I mean, I think you have to say Shohei Otani is the best player in the league because he can pitch as well. So it gives you Shohei Otani against Mike Trout the two teammates from the Angels for now, at least with Otani, in the ninth inning with two outs, the USA down a run. It was – it's the kind of moment that we th- – like this This is what we think the – all. this is what we tricked ourselves into thinking all-star games should look like. The best in the world, meaningful stakes. I got to tell you, man, no one's ever going to care – as much about NL or AL pride as they do wearing uh, the Japanese flag or the American flag. And you can say that they used to, and if they used to, well, then they were wrong. (laughs) It was, I mean, it was, it was wrong. And there was more pride back in the day, because again, you barely ever played each other from the other leagues. So it was totally two different leagues, except for the all-star game in the world series. Uh, And maybe spring training, I guess too, is when you started to see some of those other teams, but uh, this was this was this is like this was this is what this is what we think for some reason All Star Game should be the best in the world uh, in a situation that's not a regular game that matters 
And that's what this brought us, the World Baseball Classic. Otani got the better of Trout very quickly, I might add. And Japan goes on to win. And now they'll be teammates again, and I'm sure they'll have a nice laugh about that. At least one of them will. The one thing that has already come out last couple of days and is probably going to come out today again, too, is the World Baseball Classic was good, but how do we fix it? How do we fix the World Baseball Classic? I already saw that, I think, on The Athletic and Yahoo. How do we fix the World Baseball Classic? You don't fix it. It's good. You can improve it. You can improve it. Maybe have it in the middle of the season. I don't think as many people play. I think this is actually the the time where the most people are going to play. In the middle of the season, you're going to have guys sit out and say, I want to focus on the second half. At the end of the year, they're going to be checked out. I really think in terms of getting the best in the world to play, it's got to be in spring training when they're using it as a ramp up anyway. So I don't, I, I would love to have it move too. So it's not competing against March Madness, but uh, you know, maybe you dance around some of the games a little better, but there's, there's no better time in the baseball calendar that this could be held. I don't think. And so I don't, I don't know that there's much fixing to do in terms of improving maybe have it stretch three, four, five more days. Because now that I, I do feel like over the last three days, people that were reluctant to get into it finally got into it, and now it's over. And maybe that's, the, maybe that's not a bad thing. You know, maybe it heightened, you know, the importance of, of what this was. So uh, I, don't, I don't think we need to fix anything. You probably won't budge me from thinking this is the best time of the baseball calendar to get the best players in the world to play. I'm pretty entrenched in that. There's other ways you can make the tournament better, I guess, improve it, but it certainly does not need to be fixed in any way, shape, or form. It does not need to be fixed. You've already bought your steak, so I want to shout out uh, a bunch of other people that make this podcast possible, including you, all the people at Blue Wire. Carl's Place, remember to get your Carl's Place voicemails in, 402-915-BART. If you want to talk World Baseball Classic or some of the stuff that Paul and Toby and I discuss a little bit later, you want to chime in on that? Uh, absolutely do that. We'll be live on Wednesday night after Bucks Spurs. And so you can save your thoughts till then as well. Or you want to give some more lip service to the NIT. Uh, Badgers still playing. Hey, everybody craps on the Badgers all year. They're the one team left. So they are still playing. Um, so you can leave voicemails on that. Carl's Place again. Check out the link. BartWinklerShow.com and the Carl's Place link. Or go to CarlOfET.com backslash Bart. And what you will find there is golf simulators and you can p- build your own. They've got a, a lot of great setup already and put a golf simulator into your residential space or even, Hey, uh, I keep thinking about homes, but who, what, what better way for productivity? Look, Google thought they were so great 15 years ago because they put a ping pong table in the middle of their office and a foosball table and some bean bags. If you own a business, you throw a, you throw a golf simulator in there, especially if you want people back in the office. There you go. Solve that problem for you. Carl's Place. And then, of course, Happy Place Hemp. Uh, HappyPlaceHemp.com. The promo code is BART, 25% off. You know the drill by now. The gummies, terrific. They actually taste good, so that's it's not like taking medicine as a kid. It, it's like, oh, this is yummy. I kind of want another one. They almost taste too good um, because, they, I mean, they just taste good. I don't want what else more to say on you on that. But they do help me sleep, the CBD, CBNs. They also are a much better way to, to relax and wind down than, you know, slamming 
uh, a one seven five of sugar down my throat. So these are these are a much better alternative I've found for me. And you can find the same as well. Happyplacehemp.com. Whether it's a, a big order, whether it's your first order, whether it's your ninth order, whether it's just a little small order because you want to try some stuff, 25% off works every time when you use the promo code BART, happyplacehemp.com. Also available on my website, like I said, bartwinklershow.com. Thanks to the guys at Sun Ant Interactive. They can help you as well. Hey, those guys are great. Every single one I just mentioned, and that's why you're able to get 55 great minutes of Paul, Toby, and myself coming up right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Paul Emig and Toby Altizer, my little potato edge. <laughs> yes, sir. I forgot Everybody. about that. Well, that's what I miss more than anything is uh, just asking for Wendy's on the air and then <laughs> showing up. You could you could try it in the podcast. There's one time I was like, I just want a meal of potato edges, you know, because that's what we talked about the most. And then they brought me that, and then I was like. I kind of would also like a sandwich, <laughs> but I had to, I had to keep up with appearances. All right. We're back for another edition of mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Toby has agreed to join us via DC DMV, whatever he's calling it. Just a quick check-in. How you doing, bud? Not too bad. Not too bad. And no, this is airing Wednesday, but I will have gone to the caps game tonight as Tuesday. So I'm excited about that. First time, it's only the second time I've ever been to a Capitals game. And the first time I went, they went on to win the Stanley Cup. I don't think that's happening this time because they're probably going to miss the playoffs, but it's going to be fun. They're giving away Ovechkin bobbleheads. They're honoring him for becoming second in the all-time scoring list. So I'm excited about that. Toby, me and you have been to the same number of Washington Capitals home games. There you go. One. (laughs) I'm excited about it. Toby's my favorite uh, guy that lives in the DMV. Um, (laughs) 
it's it's not Ryan Horvath. Shots fired. <laughs> and not because uh not because anything Rogers related, but did you see who was a guest on BetMGM tonight last week? No, Steve Zabin. <laughs> did he book it? <laughs> he did not book it, but Zabe was on the show. <laughs> I mean, two DMV guys chatting it up. I said, book me, dude. Yeah, well, be- you no, you've not been on. I've only I've only I was on like I was on that show and uh you better you bet both of like their shows first week. Yeah. And they like needed guests. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh Horvat soloed one night, so he had me on. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right, Paul. Uh you got a couple good weeks of questions here. Take it away. I do. We're gonna start with Packers. Don't worry. We'll stay well for those who are tired of hearing Bart talk about certain things, we'll avoid said certain things. But and for Toby's <laughs> sake, like you're out. So we're not we're not breaking down this long snapper they signed for three years. <laughs> That's a okay. good deal. Hey, I'm, I, I think I'm down for all of that. I'm down for all of that. Oh yeah, great deal. I like I like all the guys they brought back. They're focusing on the special teams, but that's that's small picture. We're talking big picture. Hey, but shout out to the to that long snapper who got three hundred dollars fully guaranteed signing bonus. Like, come on, that's great. Okay. Hey, so Jay, what saw- did you guys say? Hold on. Did you see this Mark Murphy thing? The tech summit or which Mark Murphy thing? There was an Instagram video. Oh no! Yeah, he's just walking around New York City. Yeah, you saw it. Well, I saw the screenshot. I didn't watch the video. There's this Instagram video of just like this woman looking nice and then taping people as she walks by. And then it's in New York City. And then 30 seconds in, uh, you see Mark Murphy (laughs) wearing a Packers hat. When was this from? Like the other day. What? Okay. I don't have much other context on it and. Yeah, I have no idea what it's like. Why he's in like the video, it, like just walking around New York no, City? But like, I guess. Is it is it is it just like some like influencer type person who's you know, who yeah, talks their whole life or something? Yeah, it's the most random thing Mark Murphy could ever show up in, ever, other than a uh, girls' high school basketball game. Yes. Did you see? Uh, he finally he finally uh, he gave away some of the possibility that it was just evil genius Mark Murphy. That is really random. He's just on the, and this is, this is like as long as he is in the video, I'm showing it on YouTube. Uh, but it's just like a three second shot, not even. Like, you know how there's so many people who look like Bart Winkler? Like, you, if you go somewhere in public, you're likely to see a person who looks like Bart. Sure. That's Mark Murphy. Like, I don't know anyone oh, yeah. else. Yeah. Who, like, that's like, well, that could be the, like, yeah, yeah, that's Mark Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> That's Mark Murphy. Not like, oh, is that Coach? I just saw Coach Bud downtown. No, you saw Bart. You he's, know, the, like... he's on me. Or or one of the other fat, ginger-bearded losers that roam the streets. <laughs> you saw Florida. Brett Anderson. Yeah, you saw Brett Anderson. <laughs> remember when he tweeted me? I do remember. <laughs> he's like, that guy looks like my unathletic cousin. <laughs> is, he, is, is, he, is he out of the league? I thought he was. Didn't he try to come back? I have no idea. Let me see. Yeah, let's do a Brett Anderson search. That's the stuff that everyone tunes in for. Now that we have Brian Anderson times two, we can find what Brett. Yeah, he's Anderson a free agent. <clears throat> okay. 
Did he yeah. play after his much heralded Brewer season? season? Uh, not that I've seen. No. No. Okay. If Toby doesn't know, like I'm confident he doesn't because <laughs> I still follow Toby and see his DMV related stuff. No Brett Anderson content. Okay. Hey, All I right. was tweeting about Marquette's run. What run? Okay, yeah, run to the second <laughs> rounds. <laughs> All right. 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 Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. All right. Let's do this. Paul. All right. I want to start with something I saw from Andy Herman, who said, even if Jordan Love fails, the Packers made the right choice this offseason. So even if Jordan Love fails, the Packers made the right choice this offseason. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Let me address uh, what Hot Take Jake was saying. That he was saying the Jordan Love pick was a good pick. It was a bad it was a bad pick. The Jordan Love pick was a bad pick. However, it is time to move on to Jordan Love. I mean, that's, 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 that's as simple as that. It was probably time to move on last year. Well, maybe not. Maybe last year for best Rogers trade package. Yes. Last year for Jordan Love readiness this year. Yeah. He's not going to be more. He's ready. He's ready. He's not going to be more ready. Yes. And again, because I've retired from talking about Rogers from a personal standpoint, unless Paul baits something out of me today. <laughs> I, um, I, it's, it's just like, it's simply math. That was my argument years ago. Would you, so you want one or two more years of Favre or a possibility of 10 years of Rogers? Yeah, but Brett Favre. Okay. But one or two more years, 10 years. And it's the same thing. So yes, it is. I mean, it's, it's maybe too late to trade Rodgers to get the best. <laughs> yeah. But you should still get enough. I do think they have the leverage more than the New York uh, media is trying that, to. That, that topic in some iterations coming up next. But yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this it's, I mean, they have to. They yeah. absolutely have to. 100%. And I've obviously been one, we talked about it on the show tons, that I was more keep Rodgers and keep them in green Bay. And just as the off season's gone on, it just makes sense that this is the time to move on. And, you know, hopefully Jordan love is able to step in and play admirably, but even if he does play bad, I think Aaron Rodgers has gotten to a point in his career where he can still be a playoff quarterback, a guy that can lead a team on deep playoff runs, but he can't be a guy that carries the offense anymore. And I think, with how the Packers offense is constructed, unless they go do crazy things in the draft or go trade for someone or go sign Odell Beckham. I don't think they're going to have an offense that is catered to allowing Aaron Rodgers to kind of step in there and be the game manager type quarterback. I think in New York, he can still do that because he's got some weapons around him. So I think if, if you're the Packers, you look at it and say, if he wasn't able to lead the team last season, and you're still going to be trotting out really the same receivers without Lazard and who knows what else they kind of do with that. But even with Watson and Dobbs taking that step forward, I just still don't see that offense being good enough for them to 
really feel like Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career can lead them that far. I think it is the right move, even if love sucks, but I think love's going to be pretty good. Well, Toby, the only thing you did wrong there was you forgot how the game is played. How's that? So you you gave a lot of like yes related answers, but is it mm-hmm? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm yes. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. Mm, better than that. Yeah, it's the first time I've seen it framed in the way that Andy Herman did, where it's like, even if Jordan Love fails, but that is mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was for sure time to find out. Because what would Jordan if you if you were to say, hey, the, the best thing for the Packers is to trade either Love or Rogers? One of them had to go. Like yeah. it was time for Jordan Love to have a team, to have a turn, to have a try. But if Rogers isn't going to retire, then they both need their own teams. Who's gonna get like if you're the Jets or like like if you'd have rewound three weeks ago when every team didn't already sign a quarterback, who were you gonna get more for in a trade package, Rogers or Love? Now that's not the entirety of the equation because I think think the answer is Rodgers like I don't think a team is going to give up a first round pick for an unproven untested Jordan Love even though I think he's worth that for the Packers I don't think think. I don't think another team is going to think the same way um, because Jordan Love hasn't been in that system for three years like he has Green Bay's Um, so yeah I think mm -hmm, it's it was time the only thing Bart that's kind of and by the way two things can be true at the same time Bart but you've had your theory which is like Jordan Love's career will only be deemed a success if he wins two Super Bowls, I think is your well is, after. So I think what I to make the pick not suck. This is very semantic, Cole. Here. Yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying though. They needed because they were. You picked the quarterback when you stood three years of Rogers. Yeah, and you made deep runs. Uh, to quote you, run last year, <laughs> but you had a team that was close to Super Bowl ready and. You spent the first round asset and you traded up for, which I, I really want to reiterate when you trade up for love, you don't have a fourth round pick. So you take DeGuara around early, you take Dylan around early. So essentially you lost the second round pick. If you can follow me. On well, that. and then, and then trading up, I think is the part that's probably the hardest on Rogers. If the Packers would have stayed put and said, Jordan love was at the top of our board. That's yeah. why we took them. Then I think Rogers says, you know what? That's what happened with me. So I get that. But when you trade up for a guy, it's like you really wanted this guy, and I'm still here. So that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. No. I th- okay. So we're we're in agreement. I think when I read it last night in the tweet, I was like, "Huh." But since I've, I, I think it makes a lot of sense that mm-hmm, it at this point the trading Aaron Rodgers part is secondary to the having to give Jordan Love a chance, like. Yeah. You've, you've done all of this and you're not going to get your return back. You're not going to have the past three years of T Higgins or whomever it might've been with that pick instead. So yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Um, if the Packers get anything less than one first round pick for Aaron Rodgers, Brian Gutekinds deserves a high amount of criticism. I'll say it one more time. If the Packers get anything less than at least one first round pick in return for Aaron Rodgers, Brian Gutekinds deserves a high amount of criticism. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Well, I will say mm-mm. Um, Rodgers does not need to get traded for a first-round pick. I don't. I don't think so. But I mean, okay. No, no, put put that aside. But so, if I was to come on and like, let's say you did an emergency pod because the Rodgers trade happens later today, 
And the return is for a fourth, which was the Favre trade, right? It was like a conditional, like it was a third or a fourth and the conditional, it could become a, I forget exactly what the Favre trade, but it was something like that. If you were to, that's the Aaron Rodgers trade. And I came on your emergency pod and I said, man, did Brian Gutekind screw this whole thing up? God, like, I'm, you know, it's good that Rodgers traded. Two things can be true at the same time. It's good that the Packers moved on to Jordan Love and Brian Gutekind's really screwed this up. He really misplayed his, or the Packers collectively with Mark Murphy's State Girls Basketball Championship Tournament, whatever leverage the team had or didn't have, all of it combined that Gutekind's as the GM or maybe just the front office in general, I would say absolutely. So I'm, I know I'm jumping the gun here, but I think, so maybe I'm just going to say it one more time. Trading Rodgers, mm-hmm, time to move on to Jordan Love. But if it's not for a first round pick, you wouldn't you wouldn't criticize uh, you wouldn't say, well, wow, the Gudikins he misplayed his hand. Well, realize again that they 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 would have got multiple first round picks last year. Right. So why do the Packers why do the Packers need a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers? Optics. Yeah. Thank you. That's an important thing, though. Like, don't yeah. under like like in the grand scheme of like superstar trades brett Favre is an outlier like you, when you trade far for any, any and even though there's well the- if you're gonna if, if 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 you're negotiating with goody in the future and you're like i mean he gave rogers up for a fifth round pick i mean he'll give me rudy ford for yesterday's bread you know yeah <laughs> so it's like yes for the future there is there is some reason why the packers do need to maximize the value you if need to get fellow, if you're a fellow gm in the league you're like Okay, I can own this Gudikins guy any yeah. day of the week. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not good at this. So you need to get the most out of the Jets that you can. And do you have a leverage one coming up? Because I'm going to go into leverage. No, no. I mean, this 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 plays into the leverage. So go ahead. At first, when Rogers got on the show, I thought he ruined all the leverage because he's saying I want to go to the Jets. You almost have to trade him. The Packers never have to trade Rogers. They don't oh, yeah. have to exactly. Like theoretically they don't have to. The thing I said yesterday a bunch of times is of the Packers and the jets, one of the teams has the quarterback that they Mm -hmm. want to start on their roster for next year. And it's the green Bay Packers. So if there's some salary stuff in here where the jets will end up paying more and you know, it goes from a first to a second, there's can be some like negotiation there and some uh, acceptance there. Mm-hmm. you're not just going to give him away for a song because now what, what what's happened is unless the jets go to Lamar Jackson or something, I, if I'm the, if I'm Goody, this is why it helps to have friends in the league. This is why it helps to have friends on, uh, in life. If I've got something on eBay, that's not, then I'll tell my friend, Hey, can you just bid on this real quick? And then uh, it'll go <laughs> up and increase the bidding. If, I mean, Goody, if he was friends with, like, Chris Ballard or something, Ballard, you call the Colts and say, can you just, like, leak that you're interested in Rodgers for a first? You're going to screw over the Jets. They're in your conference. Uh, I got I to gotta push this up. We'll, we'll return it for you down the road. Better yet, we'll have new Commander's owner Magic Johnson say <laughs> that he wants Aaron Rodgers in D.C. Yeah, he'll tweet, Aaron Rodgers has had a good career. He will be in the Hall of Fame. And that'll ruin all the leverage. So to answer the question, they don't, they need, who do they need a first round pick? I think there's just a lot of fans that it's Aaron Rodgers. You need a first round pick. You do. You don't. Uh, 
I don't think you have to have a first round pick. So I'm going to go, mm-mm. but go. it has to be close. Like if you get a guy like Jermaine Johnson, who was a former first round pick. Sure. I'm not sure that he'll ever be the player that he's drafted to be, but you know, he's only had one year. If you get a second and then like a third or, you know, a, a multitude of picks that almost equivalent kind of like what the, the Niners did to get Christian McCaffrey. They didn't want to give up a one, but they gave up, a boatload of picks that essentially works out to be a late first. If they do something yeah. like that, maybe it, maybe it's two seconds or a second, third and fourth, whatever. I'm fine with that. It doesn't have to be a first, but again, like you guys said, the the only reason that a first would be totally necessary if you're the green Bay Packers is optics. Which, and I think it was Peter Bukowski who had tweeted something to the effect of even Peter Bukowski if it, tweeting never, <laughs> I know, right. Even if Aaron Rodgers isn't worth the 13th overall pick. He's certainly worth a lot more than the 43rd pick, which is the Jets second yes. round. So then you can kind of say something where it's like, cause, cause Toby kind of what you're referencing is the trade value chart that like, does the 43rd pick plus next year's second equate to a late first in terms of the total value of the chart? The answer is actually yes. So if you're okay with the optics, if you got two seconds, so like the Jets are like, listen, we're not giving you the 13th. And the Packers are like, well, we're not doing it for the 43rd. Well, what do we think he's worth? The 25th pick in the draft? Yeah, he's worth the 25th pick in the draft. Okay, how do we line up our trade charts to blah, 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 blah. I would tell you that the way that history will look at this is that if Aaron Rodgers, because he, for as much as I don't think he was going to lead the Packers to a Super Bowl this year, chip on the shoulder Aaron Rodgers is a different player period i mean i don't think there's any discussion about that i think well, it really bothers me that that exists it bothers me that oh, he probably he wouldn't have won multiple mvps if if not for jordan love being drafted and again that that's wading into the waters of what i've retired from i was gonna say you're you're, you're getting you're, you're getting you're getting close here you get made um, one other thing paul is i don't i'm on team uh take your time with this pick or with this trade yeah, sure. Well, 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 what about post draft? You don't care? I do not. I do not care. But if yeah. it's post draft, then you're not getting a player for this year's team. Why do we need one? We're gonna suck. I don't think they're gonna suck. But why, I don't think they're I, gonna I, suck. I don't either. But, but why? I, even though that's what I just said. But why do you need? Why? Why does it need to be this year's draft? Why? I, nobody likes this year's draft. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I gotta answer this because it's it's the it's you have two more years of Jordan Love rookie contract. It's what we've talked about. Like the teams that often win Super Bowls or do well outside of like outliers. Like the, the way you want to build your team is to build it around a rookie quarter, a rookie contract quarterback. So you're you're sacrificing a year of the love rookie contract. That's why. I get where you're coming from, but if you're able to, if you're dealing with seconds or you know whatever the case may be, if you have to trade before this draft, and the Jets are willing to say, hey, let, let us keep our stuff. We'll give you a first next year. One hundred percent on board with that. And okay. I think I think one thing, too, with how this is all gone, like everyone wants to blame Rodgers for this dragging out. I think the Packers enjoy the fact that this keeps dragging out because I think that uh, – I, I I mean, obviously at this point, I'm maybe not. Me. But with free agency and everything coming out, they took away everything. So back to the leverage conversation, like all the other possibilities aside from Lamar Jackson are gone. So for the Packers, you're staring at the Jets saying, do you want them or not? Pay up or – we'll just sit here on our hands and yeah. do nothing. And so with the jets, they have to get a quarterback. They have a roster really that's ready to compete and it's the AFC. So if they don't have a quarterback, they're screwed 
So, I mean, I, I'm with you, Bart. Like, if they decide this year, like, you know what, we'll wait till after the draft. These Jets, they're not giving us exactly what we want. Now pay up and give us the the next year. You're dead on, Paul, that you only have two more years. But that you would get a first-round pick if it's not this year's draft but next year's draft with one year left of Jordan Love. I mean, I'd be down for that. Well, let's play this out, though. This year, the Jets have the 13th overall pick. I believe Aaron Rodgers is going to go have a very good season with the Jets. Yeah which let's say they make it to the divisional round. Then you have the 24th pick in the 2024 NFL draft. So not only are you surpassing a year of the Jordan Love rookie contract, but now you're picking in the mid-20s. Like, Isn't that the pick you said he was worth? But, no, but that was a hypothetical. I'm going to say, like, if you're, if you're debating, like, well, he's not worth the 13th, but he's also worth more than the 43rd pick. Like, I would almost argue I would rather have this year's – let me think about this for a second. If you were to say you can have – okay, all right. Here, Brian Gudikins, Bart, and then Brian Gudikins, Toby for a second. Uh, GM Brian Gudikins, Bart, you can either have, we're the Jets, I'm the Jets. You can either have this year's second, third, and fourth round pick. Second, third, and fourth. So something like 43rd, 73rd, and 103rd. Or you can have next year's first, which we don't know when that's going to be. It'll probably be in the mid to late 20s. Well, I'd take the the second, third, and fourth. Toby? I might take the first. Wow. Wow. Here's what I want to say. Um, if the Jets aren't going to give you the first round pick, like the Jets think they have more leverage than they really do because 100%. of the draft coming up. And also the media is telling them they do. The <laughs> yeah. media is trying. Well, they really are. The Rich Eisens and, and Mike Greenberg's, they're all, the Pat McAfee's, they're all Jets yeah. slash Rodgers fans. They're trying to get this trade Here's- through because they want their team to have a quarterback. Here's something something you have to consider. It kind of goes back to your first question, Paul. If Jordan Love doesn't work out, we all want him to work out. But if he doesn't, and you have two first-rounders, and if Jordan Love doesn't work out, chances are you're drafting pretty high. Okay. And you say, I'm drafting 10th overall if I'm the Green Bay Packers, and I have the 24th overall pick, and Caleb Williams is available, I can find a way to move up. Or if I want Drake May in the draft, I can find a way to move up. So that's why I don't mind having a couple first rounders is, you know what? If I'm that move up to go get a quarterback, cause I don't think Jordan loves the guy I'm all for it. But then if Jordan love is the guy, I have two first round picks and I can bolster my roster that way. So Toby, you're a smart guy. I like the way you think. Um, that's really smart. I mean, I like that a lot. That, that makes a lot of sense, right? Cause if Jordan love does fail, you're picking in the top 10 and Bart, you think even if Jordan love doesn't quote unquote fail, like, what are you putting their wins at, Bart? Like the Jordan Love led 2020 23 Packers. What? What do you think? Are you expecting seven or eight wins, Bart? They'll have no less than seven wins. No less than seven. So they'll have at least seven. Yeah. <laughs> so hovering yeah. right around uh, 500. But or they could have 12. Yeah. Okay. So you so you have a you have a pretty wide range of like my seven. floor is seven. Your floor is seven. Your ceiling is 12. Yeah, Rodgers went six and ten his first year. Uh, in a year they probably should have gone ten and six. One of the, one of the things about Rodgers that year is he kept leading a comeback with like two thirty on the clock, and then because it wasn't after two minutes, everyone's like, "Oh, he's not clutch." Because then the defense was giving things. I went to a Packer Panther game that year where Rodgers had a great drive, and then uh, I think it was Delome hit Steve Smith for an eighty yarder on a third and long. Mm. I was like, well, this is stupid. The defense sucks. 
Yeah. I, I just with, with with the Jets and the leverage, I want to say um they they think they have a little more than they do. I if I'm the Packers, I don't mind if I'm not getting a first round pick, I'm waiting it out because that just puts so much more pressure on the Jets. The only way that there's any pressure on the Packers is if they want a first round pick or or they want to trade it this year. Now then the scenario is gonna come and say, like, well, if they wait too long, Rodgers will show up to camp. No, he won't. And also, what if he did? Let him. Let Rodgers show up to camp. That would, that would be embarrassing for Aaron. Yes. Let <laughs> him show up to camp. Let him be the guy. Let him be Costanza on a Monday after he already got fired. Let him show up. Let him let him compete. Put him in a quarterback competition. Say, okay, well, you're in a quarterback competition. Jordan Love's going to win it, but go ahead and compete. You think he's going to go through all that? Guy won't go to OTAs. Guy won't play in the preseason. Guy shows up for one week in a year in May. You think he's going to show up to camp? Absolutely not. Not as, 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 the, and not as the starter. <laughs> like as, as the backup. He's going to show up to camp? No. Yeah, the minute that Zach Wilson has taken number one reps for the Jets this summer, they are going to call Goody and say, my kingdom, sir, for anything. Like, what do you want? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm totally fine waiting. There's still a month to maneuver and get a good deal that makes all sides happy but you can really try to screw the Jets. And then the, the wild card bomb scenario is, uh, all right, the Jets somehow got Lamar Jackson, and then the Packers are screwed. Okay, I'm willing to make that risk. I'm willing to take well, that risk. Well, and, and keep this got in mind. one team who just went and got Nathaniel Hackett, who got Alan Lazard, who have who sold flew, the, who flew out to Aaron Rodgers' house with the whole contingent of yeah, owners in front they of them. Sold, they, I mean, they, are, they have sold their fans that Rodgers is going to be your quarterback, Where's the pressure? Yeah. Not here. And, and keep this in mind, too, from a cap perspective, it's there, I think it's a September 1st trigger date for something in Rodgers' contract. But the Packers are going to owe Rodgers a boatload of their cap space this year, regardless of him yeah. being traded, mm-hmm. retiring, or on the roster. Like, they get, like, a little bit of savings of this 50 or whatever it is, 60 million of the cap space in 2023. But – it's not like it's, until post September one, I'm pretty sure it doesn't make a difference. It's not like, well, the Packers haven't been aggressive this off season in free agency because they didn't do the Rogers trade yet. They don't have the cap space to maneuver this off season, regardless for, yeah. to further your point part about the leverage, like the Packers have no, like other than if the Packers decide, Hey, we really want to get this year's picks from the jets. We really want to build the 2023 roster. So if you're the jets and you're Joe Douglas, their GM, that's what you're betting on. If you're Brian Gutekind, you know, whether or not that means something to you or how much that means to you. And then if you're like, you know what jets, you want to trade this out past the draft. Like that's, that's fine. Hey, we've got this smart guy with Toby that told us this theory that if Jordan love doesn't work out, we get a top 10 pick. And then we also get your first next year, instead of taking your second, third and fourth in the 2023 draft. Um, All this to say, to wrap it back around, and then we'll conclude the topic. I do think the optics of this historically, the optics of this in the present day, and, you know, you don't make decisions based on, like, the social media reaction or the talking head reaction, but the Packers need to get a first for Rodgers. Or unless it's, like, everything else. They need a first or they need everything else, a second, the third, and the fourth, and the fifth, or whatever it would be. Um, I just think the... I mean, I think optics are important. I mean, it shouldn't it shouldn't be your driving decision, but it it should be a strong consideration, in my opinion. All right, Bart, I'm gonna try to. Arc- Anything else on that for you, Toby? 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's dead on with Brian Gudikins. Obviously, you've seen the stuff that McAfee said about Gudikins, and, uh, you know, whether you agree or not, I saw Packers fans kind of dragging him on social media. But, I mean, the reality is that's the view of Brian Gudikins around the league outside of Green Bay. Like, if Goody doesn't get what he probably should out of Aaron Rodgers, then people are going to start looking at him as a guy that they can maybe take advantage of in Green Bay. I want to say this too, Bart. Who was it that called you? on your voicemail line and said that that Aaron Rodgers would actually prefer to be traded for a first because of how it looks for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that was a great voicemail. That's thought provoking. I don't know who it was, but that's one of the things I've retired from commenting on. Okay. Well, I would just say like, yeah, if, if you are, if, if you have ego, which professional athletes understandably have ego, and then you have the Rodgers factor of all of that. And it's like, I was traded for a fourth. Excuse yeah. me. Like some I, radio host, you know, some radio host, if you could tell them, hey, we can guarantee your intern to make $20 a, an hour uh, and really have them commit to your show, or you can have another uh, pepperoni melt named after you and we'll give you another 10 grand a year. What would you take? I mean, some people, some people would sacrifice the good of the show for uh, their own. <laughs> All right. So I'm going <sighs> to. And Bart, if this doesn't work out the way I hope it does, you can always cut it. But I want to try to toss something at you before we move on to the next topic. I'm going to try to artfully do this. I think I know why you don't like J.J. Watt. I think I know why you don't like Big Bang Theory. Okay, go with me here for a second. Hold on. These are some of the things that you've gone after historically. Like, And I, I think I know why you go after J.J. Watt. I, know, I think I know why you go after, like, you've done this several times, uh, the Big Bang Theory and other things that are like popular that people seem to like that confound you. And then you want to attack them even more. And that reason is because I think you believe, like I believe in certain instances of life, that people don't see what you see, that you're having to explain. You see what J.J. Watt's doing, right? Like you see, he's just trying to become the next Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Like, you know, even though the Big Bang Theory is extraordinarily popular, that is hot, hot garbage. Like, I think you think, well, I only, I, Bart, only see this. And so I need to keep talking about this so that people can grasp, like, because it, it's maddening when you see through something, like a person, I'll speak for myself. Like, it's maddening when you feel like you're kind of seeing through the nonsense. And for me, maybe for you, Wink, uh, I, didn't, I wasn't calling you Wink, I was winking. I wasn't calling you Wink, I was saying Wink. Um, sorry, it was lowercase w wink um don't call me wink it makes me dig in more so like if someone's like like why would we ever waste our time trying to explain to a non-wrestling fan why wrestling is a fun thing to watch because it's like are you not seeing that we do you really think that we don't just know that this is scripted that we're here for the entertainment that we're not here you understand that the storytelling and performances from jay uso and Sami Zayn, if they were eligible for emmys they would be the clear winners. You understand yes. this? And then it's like, oh, I really love stunt performers. It's so cool in these action movies, some of the stunts that they do. And then you turn on, you know, AEW Dynamite and you see some crazy stuff. You're like, those guys are, that's fake. You can't have it. So then it's like, you. I'll speak for myself and then you can uh, maybe add to this or not. Yeah, it feels like this is more about you than me, bud. No, it's totally about me. <laughs> but, but it was a self-discovery and then I wondered if it was relatable. Mm. So what so, don't I like? So you don't like J.J. Watt. And I think the reason that you dig in your heels a little bit is because everyone else seems to like J.J. Watt. And you're confused 
why that might be. And so you go further and further into the rabbit hole of like, you see like his game, his end game here, right? Like the other day I saw a, a video message from JJ Watt where he was ex- complimenting Taylor Swift on how good, go, how good her new tour was. Yes. The only reason JJ Watt makes a fucking video about Taylor Swift's tour is so he can get engagement that, oh, look at JJ Watt. Like he went to the Taylor Swift concert. He really liked it. He complimented her three hour performance. Like, bro, we don't need to know your thoughts on the Taylor Swift concert, but the purpose of this, right? So anyway, all of this. Hey Tom, welcome to retirement. (laughs) The golf tournament winner buys loser. Come on. Well, and yeah, it's like, anyway, so. No, okay. I'll bring it up. I'll finally say the guy by name. He's a nice person, but Eli Berkovitz is driving me insane. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyway, I say all this to say that there was an article in the Ringer. Uh, Extremely blessed to have been in attendance for Rogers' final free play. Does that uh, is that get countered out by your Twitter post? <laughs> so then I posted extremely best to have been there for his interception. People not knowing that I'm subtweeting, very nice person. But he's doing it for like. He knows if he puts something out there, it's going to get a ton of, and so like, it's going to get a ton of likes and a ton of whatever. And then uh, like, if you're going to get that many likes, I think you should earn it for you. Yes. Like I've seen people, I've seen people uh, take screenshots of athletic articles and get a bunch of likes and think that they did something <laughs> great. <laughs> well, hey, at least I got on Pat McAfee's show. I don't know about you. So, <laughs> So I just Googled just for the sake of it, because by the way, we're not actually talking about J.J. Watt here, but now we sort of are. I Googled J.J. Watt, Taylor Swift. Sports Illustrated, J.J. Watt is completely blown away by Taylor Swift. People Magazine, J.J. Watt shares his respect for Taylor Swift after Arizona concert. There's like article after article. So anyway, there was this article last week in The Ringer that had um, soon-to-be ex-former Packers quarterback's name saying that he, saying I he wanted clarity. What he really wanted is control. And then it saw it and it, it talked Bart, it was like as if you wrote this. Like if you were a good writer, like this is how you would have written said story. Yeah, uh, no, no offense. It's a very well written piece. Um, it's the written version of your podcast. And it was like, yes, like all of this is correct, but I think you dug your heels in on this particular topic because it seems like others don't see it, even though it's so obvious. All right. I'll end my little So like, you're asking people. about me and Rogers? No. <laughs> No, Everything no. comes back to Barton. No, no, no. What, what, made you, what made you think that? All right, we can move on. Unless you have any thoughts. Rogers is insecure and he's looking for approval. It's so obvious. Duh. Yeah. All right. JJ okay. Watt is in a position where he knows that he can say anything and get a million engagements. I mean, I would do it if I had that power. <laughs> so maybe that's part of the Part of the psychology, too. Hey, like, I'm all for him uh, praising Taylor Swift, because I love Taylor Swift, too. So. I do, too. But, like, we don't, don't need a three-minute video about it. All right. Um, I'm going to start with, like, a, this This is going to be a topic here. So I feel like I feel like you, that was, like, stuff you wanted to say about me and get off my chest or <laughs> your chest for a while. What, was there a problem here, officer? I mean, what? <laughs> I played what up. What are, what are you, what are you, are you mad at me? I'm an armchair expert. Yeah, okay. 
the I, this is a this is not an mm-hmm, yeah. Big Bang Theory is terrible for two reasons. But he's just like the most popular show ever, which is like it makes I like it more, Big Bang Theory. It makes it more maddening. Maybe <laughs> that, I'm basic. That Toby actually Toby, a really smart guy, likes it, which makes it even worse. Look, the problem with Big Bang Theory to me. Do you want? I'll watch it. How about this? I'll watch a season. Pick a funny hold season on. and I'll watch. Hold on. No, hold no, on. You, know, you know this is not part of the Marvel universe, yes. So I am like in like okay. So I'm watching Marvel Universe and Agent Carter season two is terrible. Season one was really good, but season two sucks. You just I kept... still watch it. Agents <laughs> of Shield, I guess, gets good, but it's so corny. Hold All on, the so... characters are so bad. <laughs> At the church I go to, in the choir, there's this guy that looks identical to Sheldon Cooper when I'm sitting. <laughs> it's kind of funny to see him up there in the choir singing. Here's my three issues with uh, Big Bang Theory. <laughs> go for it. From three to one. Okay. Three. One time I was with my dad, and out of nowhere he said, Bazinga. And I was uh, like, come on, <laughs> my guy. <laughs> What are you doing to me? Yeah. So that became a word. Okay. Two. I think that it's written as two and a half men. Same writer, Chuck Lorre, right? Same yep, producer. Chuck Lorre, yep. But with science words. <laughs> and so you had a lot of people in America watch it thinking they were smart. Oh, this is smart comedy. No, it's not a smart comedy. Arrested Develop is a smart comedy. Yeah. This is a comedy with words you don't know. So now you feel smart. And number one is... Johnny Galecki's character has a high nasally voice for no reason. Why can't he just be Johnny Galecki? Why does he have to? Why does he have to go up with this high? It's just like that's a real character on my television. It's awful. That's what nerds sound like, Bart. Yeah, it's nerdist. And God. so I fight on behalf of nerds. Yeah. All right. Those are my reasons. I think those are great reasons. I, lo- I especially love number two, the second reason. What was the second reason? That- oh, yeah, that's, I mean, but it still, it says words that are like, it doesn't go into like, you know, the diameter, remember, like you don't understand. It says words like quantum and you're like, I'm smart now. I remember, I heard that word before. <laughs> Toby, any defense of Big Bang Theory before we move on? Uh, if it like were friends, I would have Hugo. a huge defense. I'm, I mean, I like the Big Bang Theory, but I don't watch it all the time. Okay, fair enough. All right, I'm going to start with a trivia question, and then it's going to go into an mm-hmm question. The best offense in NBA history, so points per 100 possessions, right? It's a pretty, like, neutral. So whether the pace was really fast or the pace was really slow, depending on the era, it's, it's per 100 possessions, right? So it kind of normalizes eras. The best points per 100 possessions in NBA history is what, like who? I, I, I realize this is like an extremely open-ended question, but like what, just toss some. Uh, warriors? Which which Warriors? 73 and 9. Toby, any, any guess? Let's go with something stupid like the 98 Jazz. This year's Sacramento Kings. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> The Rami effect, which is oh, which can only be like it's like what the hell? So, <laughs> so okay, so baseball did all these rule changes, right? And it was to encourage offense, not the opposite way around, because the NBA has. So that Durant Warriors team, Bart, was like six, seven years ago now, six years ago, 
that was the best ever at that time by far. And every year since then, it's been bested. Sometimes by like marginal teams, like the 2018-19 Portland Trailblazers. What? Like the Kings are really good this year, but the best offense in NBA history should not be the 2022-2023 Sacramento Kings. Like that well, should be if you punt defense entirely. Okay, so that kind of leads to like the, the Kings are like a version of me and Madden, where I only Play like on playing offense. offense. Yeah. yeah. So then on defense, I just let them score right away, so I can play offense again, and then beat teams by going for two, and then uh, I win games like sixty-three to fifty-six. Sure, you did the math game on it. Okay, yeah, so, so hold on. Hold, that, hold on. My, my I have a great offense, all-time offense, because I don't play defense. You saved your energy for the the other side of the floor. Okay, so here's yeah, the question. When I throw one interception, I stand up, press that reset button, <laughs> whip my remote across the room. All right. Never played. So here's, my, here's my question. NBA offense is out of control and has gotten to the point that the league should find ways to slow it down. Like kind of like how MLB changed a bunch of things to encourage offense. The NBA should – Yes, Re- yes. Recognize, recognize that this is out of control and, and do things to step in. Stop calling fouls on little ticky tack stuff in the regular season that you let go in the playoffs. Yeah. Let them play basketball. That'd be my first thing. Like, you call fouls on such ridiculous things. And the other thing that doesn't get talked about in this, they give everything as a shooting foul. Yeah. Why is everything a shooting foul? If you're in the motion, Toby. Even if a dude's trying to pass the ball, they're like, yeah, he, he looked like he was maybe going towards the hoop. It's like stuff like that, I think, needs to be fixed because I don't think the scoring issue is a problem in the playoffs. You know, go back and watch yeah. a couple a couple years ago, even in recent playoffs. Look at the Bucks NBA title run. It's not like they were scoring 120 a game on the on route to winning the title. They were scoring in the 90s, just barely creaking past the hundreds like. Let the guys play defense. You know, you hear it from guys like Luka Doncic talk about it all the time when it comes to playing in the NBA. Oh, yeah, it's way easier to score in the NBA compared to Europe. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some of that's the defensive three-second rules and stuff like that. But let the guys play basketball a little more like they do in the postseason. I'm not saying let their, you know, the brawls and stuff break out like you can have with some of the crazy fouls that you can have in the postseason. But let the guys play defense and don't call fouls on every little contact in the regular season. And I think that would solve a lot of the issues. So since you said earlier that I forgot how to play the game, the answer would be, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they need to fix it. Bart. Well, I was going to say that curve offense. I mean, what are you talking about? No, I know. It, it's I, I, I hear you. It, like, no, but then Toby, I mean, that got me thinking of what I heard the other night from Austin Reeves. Ah, who put up 36 against the Magic. And he was interviewed, uh, the Lakers superstar. (laughs) I've watched James Harden and Trey Young and kind of try to put them into my game. The comment that I did not, I'll I'll read the full quote now. I've watched James Harden and Trey Young, two masters at drawing fouls, Mm -hmm. and kind of try to put that into my game. So it's one thing to like, oh, Kobe, you know, has emulated how Jordan played. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because Jordan's great and then Kobe's great. Austin Reeves is like, how can I get better? I'll draw more fouls. What and it have, works. Did he have like 16 free throw attempts in that game? 18 free throw attempts, something 16 absurd. of 18. 16 of 18. Yeah. Yeah. So Toby, 100% echo Toby. Uh, possibly take credit for it down the line <laughs> and pass it off as my own. Mm-hmm. I'm with Tobes.
Yeah. Um, it does seem like the initial concept is like, okay, baseball is doing the right thing. They're speeding up. Well, I know this is debatable too. I would say a good thing by speeding up the game, a good thing by encouraging more offense and, and all of that. So to curb offense, like the NFL, right? Like it's so hard to get after a quarterback. It's so hard to touch a wide receiver compared to what it was 10 years ago and then 20 years ago and 30 years ago. So they're all these things are trying to encourage offense. But like the answer to the trivia question of like who has the best offense in NBA history per points for 100 possessions, all respect to the Kings and Grant Bills and Sparky's favorite team outside of Milwaukee, at least, it shouldn't be the this year's Kings. Like that just shouldn't be the answer. And so, and by the way, there's like the second, third, and fourth place teams are also all better than the Kevin Durant Warriors team. So some something some that I don't know. That's just um, it would be something I would at least look at if I was the commissioner. I'd say. I love offense. Fans, for the most part, seem to love offense, but this is some something might have to be done here. And like Toby, even talked about like the defensive three second violation. Like that was put in place as a result of like too much, too many people packing the paint. We don't have that problem anymore. So like, is there is there some like mitigation version to prevent that? Um, I don't know what it is. But then again, this goes back to my thing about baseball. I just hate when sports have to implement rules to change the style of play. But the but like. I heard it suggested the other day. I forget where it was. Um, Might have been Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossillo, but it was like, um, I think just like the, uh, it's gotten, the, the players have gotten too good. And then you can't, you factor in the, uh, like all the rest days that players take now and like the load managements, like it's almost like the game has been solved. Like basketball has been figured that's out my thing with baseball. Oh, okay. And that's, so that's baseball got solved. Cause they, they stop having 38-year-old, you know, Jerry Reese's out there trying to throw 100 pitches every three days. They get these guys that come up, throw 100 for two innings. Your bullpen, like, yeah. I'm looking at some of this Brewers bullpen. I don't know who these guys are, but they, they churn and burn. Yeah. Well, and, you know, basketball's kind of done what baseball did before baseball really regulated it, where you had the – specialty guys you know the lefty versus lefty pitcher that you'd call in in specific situations where basketball now everyone on the roster can play a role you know they whether it's i need this guy to come in and be the garbage man like a dennis rodman go grab me rebounds and if need be rough up the other team a little bit i need this guy to knock down a three i need this guy to do this specific role and so i think maybe more so than ever just because of the popularity of the game of basketball one through 12 on your roster can contribute at certain points in the game. And it it is tough because there's so many good superstars. And I think the way that you have to go about doing this is maybe helping with the foul calls because, you know, a lot of people will point to, I don't think they're right, but all college is better to watch than the NBA. And, you know, watching March Madness is awesome, but then you go back to the NBA and see the shot making that is in the NBA and it's ridiculous but I heard an NBA player say it like this, like when you watch an NBA game as opposed to a college game, because of the way the college schedule works, they can really game plan for their opponent. You know, if Wisconsin's going up against Minnesota, they watch the game film and then they're, they're ready to go up against Minnesota. Then they're ready to go up against Purdue in a half a week. Whereas when it's the NBA, you're playing a game almost every night or every other night. You're just kind of like, I'm the Kings. I'm the bucks. I'm going to be the bucks. I'm going to be the Kings. And I'll change maybe a little bit here or there to try and beat them, but I'm not creating a whole defense like you can do in the NCAA. So I think the only way that you can really change something like this is by saying, look, we've gotten too soft in the NBA with the foul calls. 
tailor that back a little bit, kind of like we do in the postseason, and we'll see basketball get back to what a lot of people grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Well said. Bart, anything to add on that? Again, points that I like and will steal as my own. <laughs> <laughs> That's mine now. That's mine now. Well, I got um, some, I got some, uh, I got some heavy CBS Sports Radio shits coming up last week of April. Okay, you, you, you and I'll just, tell you when you do a five-hour show on a Saturday, and then turn around and do a four-hour show on a Sunday, you run out of stuff to talk about. Well, this is kind of nice because you got what an hour's worth of content here. Yeah, I got a lot to steal from just, Toby. Just play this right here. You Paul's mostly been like gripes that he's trying to solve my personality. <laughs> That's sure why. I'm wondering how much mine overlaps with yours. That's it. Okay. Um, changes that, speaking of like changes that leagues have made and that were initially met with skepticism, the NBA play in the idea that, you know, seven plays eight, nine plays 10, the winner of nine, 10 plays at seven, eight, expanding these NBA playoffs to have the play in tournament has made the end of the regular season much more exciting and has been a really good idea by the NBA. As a whole, mm-hmm. hold on. I'm going to take this one for you, Bart. Go ahead. Yeah, Ryan. I was going to say, let's go to someone who who can relate to this. Mm-mm. The 11 seed no. Wizards. No, no, I hate it. You want to know why? Because it gives Ted Leonsis, the owner of the Wizards, two more spots that he can claim the Wizards are fighting for. They're not fighting for eighth to get in the playoff. Now they're fighting for tenth just to get a play-in <laughs> spot. I, no, it's terrible. If you look. It's so frustrating as a Wizards fan looking at where they're at right now. They're 11th in the Eastern Conference. The people behind them are teams that are either really hurt or really young. And yet here Washington sits trotting out Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, and Kristaps Porzingis and trying to win. And they're 11th in the Eastern Conference. So, no, I hate it because now <laughs> it, it's been the thing where you talked about it with the Bucks before, but it's the Wizards philosophy basically since I have my whole life that – just sneak into the playoffs and we're yeah, still competing. I don't that was, want that. That was the, that was the bucks for the entirety of the Herb Cole era too. Yeah. And so that's what the wizards are. So to give two extra spots to say, Hey, we finished 10th in the East. We got into the plan. It used to be, you finished 10th in the East. You didn't even get anything. Now right. it's like, Hey, at least we were in the play in tournament. And no, it gives another excuse to Ted Leonsis. Mm-mm, hate it. All right. Well, Bart, I don't know what your thoughts are. So I'm going to, I respect what you're saying, Toby. I get it if I was in your position. The fact that there's like five games separating in the West, like the four seed from the 11 or what's Yeah, that 12, one's a good one. <laughs> that's, and so I, I'll tell you as a NBA League Pass guy, I have watched so much more March League Pass than ever because there's so many teams jumbled up who all think they have a legitimate chance that it for me it's, it's made March. Like sometimes I'd actually cancel my League Pass in March because I know that the games the last month of the season are just bad. Like, it's just not, no one's really, either you're not trying because you're like the first, second or third seed, or you're not trying because you're trying to tank. And like the middle teams are just kind of playing like whatever we, oh, we're the fourth seed or we're the six, who really cares? So I will say as a non-Wizards fan, mm-hmm, like it's been great because it's made so many more teams feel relevant. So mm-hmm, for me. Well, it's basically set up to keep the Lakers alive. <laughs> they didn't know that when they implemented the... <laughs> Uh, in the yeah, in the east, there's not eight good playoff teams, there's not eight good teams in the east. So, in who's the west, right now, like Atlanta? Yeah, in the west, the Lakers, uh, you know, as of Tuesday morning, are a half game out, and they'll probably get it. I would think if the Lakers represented the west in the finals, you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. No, they're one of my three teams. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Toby, them Warriors and uh, not Nuggets, them Warriors and Suns. 
Not the I mean, not the I, I still think it'd be no. crazy, but at the same point, you got LeBron James, so yeah. who's not even there right now? And by the way, like their roster post trade deadline, it's very good. It's a really, really good roster. Yeah, they, I mean, they made some really good moves to improve yeah. that roster at the deadline. Yeah. All right, boys, you got any more, Paulie? Or um, I'm going to end on this one. I early different stages of my life. I love. I was like, I have to be done at a certain time. I know. I get carried away. So it's my own, it's my own exuberance. So earlier points in my life, like I loved March Madness. How can you not love March Madness? I've kind of fallen out of it. I don't know why. So here's my question going like, let's say next year it comes near here, Milwaukee or Chicago or something going to the March Madness tournament would be a good idea for someone who's kind of falling out of love with March Madness. I, I said person, me maybe, but you need to go to like a firm in Virginia game. then. No, sure. Like maybe it's just like, well, you don't know what you're going to get. Obviously. The but year uh, I went to Milwaukee. I was like, I'd rather be home watching all the other games. Okay. So, so I so, am a little less into March Madness this year. I don't know if it's the brackets busted or the Badgers aren't in it or, or is it that the WBC is on? Maybe. You know I mean? like, yeah. There's this I mean, little- I don't know that going to it is the answer. Maybe going somewhere where you can watch it with people, but there's like four screens. So going to a bar or going somewhere and watching it with a bunch of people. I mean, I went to last year when it was in Milwaukee. I didn't stay for the Badgers game, but I went and saw Yale and Purdue and Texas and Virginia Tech. And that was awesome. I really liked it. But I don't know that that's going to like draw you back in. I, I loved it, but I also love sitting there with four screens up watching all the games. Yeah, but I'm not 24, so I don't have four screens up at the same time. Do you mean like, like, do you mean like, like a bar, Toby, or like, how do you get someone who's kind of falling out of March Madness fever back into it? Well, and I'll, you know, I was working at the station during some of the games on Thursday, and okay. just having another guy watching that end of Furman, Virginia, with you, and you're just screaming at the top of your lungs. Like, yeah, I think that's kind of fun. So finding an environment that, you know, maybe it's just having a, you know, friends and hanging out with some buddies and watching a couple of the games at once, or going somewhere and watching it with a bunch of people, even if you don't know them and enjoying it that way. I think that kind yeah, of go to a bar to before you go to a game. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I All mean, right. just here, I mean, just hearing the whole crowd watching one singular game and, Oh, every made or missed bucket down the last stretch of the game is awesome. Cause it sounds like this was the year that like, it's been unpredictable. There's been buzzers. Like this has been a very March madness. Well, it's going to keep being like this because the good teams aren't well, as good okay. anymore. As much as the NIL and transfer portal has been annoying in football, it has created this in basketball. Say that again. As much as the NIL and transfer portal has kind of messed with football and some people feel like it's going to help stack some of the teams, it's made basketball where it's evened out. And there's mm-hmm. you might see more 16-1 upsets. You might see more 15-2. Like anyone can beat anyone when they get into the NCAA tournament. See, part of the challenge for me, though, too, is I'll say this, and then I'll I'll bid you adieu. Goodbye, and that's my Kenny Omega. Um, the top two picks in the NBA draft are both extremely highly coveted, Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson, and neither are in, are, are in college basketball. Yeah, I don't know. Brandon Miller's. I Well, so Brandon Miller could be the top two pick, and I know there's other things there that we can let go, but um, as they get solved by others. Correct. But. Yeah, I mean, Scoot Henderson is like probably for sure the number two or three pick. He's not going to slide past three. And Victor's the best prospect since LeBron. And they're not even in college basketball. So I kind of like, I'm like, well, what's, what's, should I be watching? What league is it that Victor's in? No. It, you know, like, 
why not? Like that's what's more like. Isn't that what's gonna? I mean, I, I get be? it. If like if you're more of an NBA guy than I am, Paul, so I get it. It's kind of how I am with college football at times. Like, Paul, do you fill out a bracket? I didn't. Then that's the why. Yeah. Well, no, but I, I don't think. But I wouldn't have had like, I wouldn't have had any emotional attachments, any like knowledge of anything other than like, oh, like Alabama has a couple prospects who for the NBA draft and. Yeah, that's the beauty of college basketball. Well, Nobody does. Well, and that's the thing with college basketball. If you're watching for the prospects, then it's probably not going to be as enjoyable. But if you yeah. just sit back and enjoy the craziness, because I mean, look, the player of the year this year lost to a 16 seat. Who like, was it? Zach Eadie's probably going to win player oh, the of the Purdue year. Guy? And he lost to a 16 seed because he can't score on six foot three guys and he's seven four. And like, he was, I mean, he's still going to be a first round pick, isn't he? I doubt. Did this like, like did this like crush his draft stock? I don't feel like he should have been ever a first round pick. Like that dude doesn't translate. You can never, yeah, you can never tell between college and the pros. Like the 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 Wizards took some scrub at ten last year. He was <laughs> terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a different thing because you watch some guys that get drafted in the lottery in the NBA, and you look at their college career, and it's like they didn't even play. Like. Yeah. That's just how it goes. So yeah. if you're looking for prospects, I don't know that I can help you there, Paul, but just in terms of like enjoying the craziness that is March Madness, I love it. I absolutely okay. love it. All right. I'll try to find my way into it. All right. Bye, guys. See you, Paul. And uh, I guess see you, Toby. Adios. This is the end of the episode. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Live recording Wednesday night after Buck Spurs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.